We're shaking cats and kittens. I'm Rob Lee, and this is Getting to the Truth in This Art. Getting to the Truth in This Art is an interview series where I interview artists, entrepreneurs, and tastemakers contributing to the culture here in Baltimore. Oftentimes, you'll hear about the negatives, such as poor education, corruption, and violent crime. We're always in the news for that. Or we'll get the goofy questions like, is Baltimore really like The Wire? Is Baltimore really dangerous? Why was a television series and Baltimore is no more dangerous than New York, New Orleans, or Philadelphia? Baltimore is cultured, creative, and vibrant. So I want to get to the truth about what's really going on in Baltimore. So check me out every week for interviews with the hottest artists, entrepreneurs, and tastemakers, and really get down into the real about what's going on in Baltimore. Nothing contrived, all authentic, all Baltimore. So check us out on every podcast platform. Subscribe today. We're shaking cats and kittens. I'm Rob Lee from Getting to the Truth in This Art. And this podcast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Bazaar. Bazaar is a gift shop for those seeking the strange and unusual. Got morbid curiosity? Got an interest in natural history? Bazaar's got you covered. Bazaar specializes in antique medical equipment, jewelry, prints, funerary antiques, and many other morbid gifts. The inventory is ever-changing. I'm wearing a great death's head moth pin, and I'm enjoying this hand-poured candle called Overgrown Cemetery. It's great. It has the studio smelling awesome. Head on over to 3534 Chestnut Avenue in Baltimore, send that Hamden neighborhood, and see what they got to offer at Bazaar. Tell them Rob Lee sent you. Welcome to Getting to the Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee, and today's guest is a Baltimore-based artist, Jarrell Gibbs. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Rob. I appreciate it. No doubt. No doubt. I, I like coming with the energy really high and then suddenly right. I just bring it down slowly, <laughs> slowly. There, there was a few times I think I was talking to a corpse and I was like, oh. Huh. <laughs> so, um, I mean, like reading over your, your bio, reading over your bio and looking at some mm-hmm. of your work, like I came across, uh, cause I, I, I do a search, I do a search on um, Instagram of like, who's got good stuff, who's right, doing right. good stuff. And I see this lovely piece behind you. So good on you. Good on you for having it out there. So let's, let's talk about your work a little bit. Um, describe it for the folks who are uninitiated. Got you. Um, so basically my works, uh, they, they come from um, photographs that I use. I use photographs um, as my references for the paintings um, and these specific photographs, majority of them, about, um, about 90%, 85 to 90% of them come from a photo album, a few photo albums actually that I found in my aunt's basement a few years ago. So I've basically been mining those um, same photo albums for the past few years and um, creating the paintings from those. Um, yeah, for the most part. Yeah. So that's, that's one of those things where, you know, in, in the, in the black household, at least in my black household, mm-hmm. uh, we can't find old pictures. We can't find photo albums. Cause right. it's one of those things where my mom and my dad, they're fighting over this baby yes. pictures of, of me or my brother. And then I don't, I don't know if y'all have like the same thing in your family dynamic or even extended family dynamic, but I have a younger brother and he and I looked a lot alike when we were kids. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and it's a big difference now. Cause I'm like twice his size. I was like, who is this? <laughs> and my parents would say, yeah, do you know who that is? So I was like, if you let me, you know, see it. Cause right. I feel like old pictures, photo albums and things like that are a form of currency um, yeah. within like the black community. 
I agree. I agree a hundred percent. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, we really hold on to the stuff that we can say, like, it's, it's really ours. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think that's when I like, that's like our relationship with our kids too, like our children, Yeah. just because we can say like, without a shadow of a doubt, that's ours, you know, like we hold possession of that, you know, and we kind of take that to the extreme sometimes. Yeah. Totally. I mean, but it is what it is, but, um, same struggle here. Like I, I don't have a, I mean, I had some photos of me when I was a child and that's starting to resurface because of the type of work that I'm doing. Yeah. But still, I feel like there's a lot that is missing. Um, there's a lot of photos that weren't taken. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, and I don't know if they maybe gotten destroyed, lost in like, um, moving, you know, cause again, like moving consistently is a big thing within the culture or at least for, my family, we moved a lot, you know? Yeah. So, um, a lot, I don't know, like if photos have gotten lost during travel, uh, moving from one location to another, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, not having a lot of photos is kind of like common, but yeah. I think the general, maybe like the generation before our parents were the ones who were big on documenting those times and things like that, because I have a lot of photos from their era and their generation. I, I think, and maybe I'm wrong here, but I think like for like generational, that, that trauma thing is there. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe having the juxtaposition of the, the photos representing something that's good. You when you look at a photo album in, in my experience, you, you don't see like pictures from like a funeral. You don't see anything right. that's like bad. You only see like, this is your baby picture. This is when we had this party. And I think it's the counter to the, that kind of shared trauma that, we run into it's, it's not easy being black in this country. So right, right, having right. something that's yours and that reminds you of really good times, that's yeah, something yeah, you yeah. should hold on to. Absolutely. But you know, the one thing I got to call a spade a spade, like my aunt, she did a phenomenal job in documenting like everything, even if it wasn't her specifically taking the photos, she has yeah. photographs of like funerals. Like she has photographs of like family or friends and caskets and stuff. So she's, oh, wow. I know like it's, it's it was like when I first saw it, it was one of the weirdest things. But then you just like grow to appreciate like the whole process. Like she wasn't shying away of anything. You know what I mean? She wasn't shying away from anything. And she either uh, collected or took those images herself and like held on to them, you know? So, yeah. You document those memories. So, yeah. Who or what? And I, and I think I got a little bit of an answer because his mm -hmm. family is definitely a component of it. But who or what inspires your creative urges or creative pursuits? Um, definitely family and just my day to day um, process. Um, waking up, reading, um, researching things that I find interesting to me to that specific day. Um, travel, things like that. Conversations that I had with like my family, my friends, my wife. Um, and it's, you know, like I, I can find something of interest within some, the mundane, you know, like just the day to day life. Um, it really doesn't matter, you know, but it's all centered around like family and my day to day experiences and um, the people that are closest to me for the most part. I dig it. And I think you know, over the last, we're, we're, we're around the anniversary while we're recording this the anniversary of like how yeah. some of those things have, have changed. You touched on travel, you touched on uh, the communication with family and such. Mm -hmm. And those things in, may have improved for some people during this time and may mm -hmm. have uh, gotten like, they're, they're different. Let's just put it that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, 
I'm a person like outside of this podcast, I cover weird news. I'm always finding stories about someone losing their penis in a, in a car accident or something or weird things like that. So right, right. without being able to travel and run into like real life people to add to it, it kind of right. makes my work in, in, the, in this kind of space, this, this audio space kind of mm-hmm. change a bit and everything kind of has a COVID tinge to it. Everything kind of has a, people are just bored. Yeah. In, in what ways doing over the last year, do you feel your work has maybe been impacted by, you know, kind of being inside more? Yeah, um, I think more than anything, it's made my work more central, even though it was always that. But even more now, it's just really like hyper centered around me and my immediate family. You know what I mean? Um, The people that I spend like my day in and day out with. And it used to be me going out having those conversations or whatever, but traveling again and exploring and talking with different people and really getting um, ideas from other artists, being inspired by other artists, other creators, like going to museums and um, traveling to different shows in different states, you know, like seeing art in different environments. And I'm not able to really do that now. Um, So it's, again, it's really just about me, um, digging a little deeper and just yeah. spending more time figuring out, okay, what else can I talk about? Yeah. Cause I think it's doing the thing. And it's like, if you're doing the thing and it comes from you, I think right. just in a general sense, uh, 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 artists or creating what, what have you, I think if it's coming from you, if you remove something, then I, I think that artists are very, uh, um, improvisational they are very they can figure it out so it's like all right if you take my paint away from me i'll make some paint you know (laughs) and i I dig that (laughs) so for you um what is more challenging starting or finishing a project definitely finishing (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah i don't know what it is but I mean, I, I start strong and I'm always fired up with an idea and I, I have new ideas like every day, you know, but um, now I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to figure out how to best make those ideas manifest into reality. And that comes from me sitting down and figuring out what ideas I, I'm i going to like commit the most energy to. So if I come up with 10 ideas in the morning, I'll write them down on my phone typically and then I'll give it a few days to see which one I'm still excited about. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, I'll go with that one and finish that. But that's like what I've, I've, I've had to teach myself how to do that in order to start finishing. Because like that was one of my biggest weaknesses, like finishing. Like I would start strong, super charged up, super excited, um, blasting new energies. I mean, new ideas like every day, yeah. probably five to ten a day and, and finishing nothing. You know, so um, I had to figure out a a better way to solve that problem. And you know, that's what I came up with. It's, it's a puzzle. Uh, I have <laughs> like, I, it, it, when I, I talk to people and again, I'm nowhere in that space, but I have an art, artistic inclination. I used to paint murals and all of that stuff back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I look at some of my like canvases in here and I'm like, okay, yeah, I finished these. I was real strong five <laughs> years ago. And I look at my closet. It's like, Hey Rob, remember when you were painting? Remember all of these canvases that you've not used? <laughs> and it's just like, huh, 
There you go. Yeah. So yeah, I, I definitely yeah. know, know what you mean about <laughs> not finishing. It's like, huh, just left that, didn't I? What's yeah, next? yeah, yeah. I think it's just, you know, like that impulse, like when you have, when that idea, when that idea hits, you know, like it's nothing that's going to stop it, but you, you know, and yep. the energy that you don't put into it, that's the, that's the only thing that's going to stop it, you know? And uh, I think we, again, we get caught up in just like the idea, not really focusing on the process to make it happen, you know? Um, but some, sometimes, you know, like it's not a, it's, that's not a bad thing. I just think you have to either figure out a way to solve that on your own or just have a team together that yeah. do all the other stuff with you. You know what I mean? I, I think sometimes like having the, the team and whatever the creative pursuit one is, is, is undertaking. I think where you have that team, you just, and it may be a loosely assembled, not an A team, but like a loosely mm-hmm. assembled team where it's just like, yeah. Get it together. Where are you at? When, when are you going to finish this? Almost like someone's asking you for money. You know, I'm going to need that 25. And, you know, that's that's kind of the thing that I find when I'm able to. For me, I have to visualize success. Mm-hmm to kind of mitigate and attenuate any of the things that would stop me from getting to that next stage. Right, so right, right. before COVID and stuff, I would take this show on the road and do it live and do it in front mm-hmm. of people, which is wild intimidating because right. it's like, huh, that didn't land. That bit was right. not great. Or <laughs> I'm not making any sense right now or whatever the case is. And I, if initially when I was going into it, almost like I would imagine similar to someone doing an exhibit, you know, like I'm going to not be here for this. I'm going to let right, them look right. at it. I'm not going to be here for it because you don't right. want to receive that immediate. Some people do, but a lot of mm-hmm. people don't right, receive right. that immediate feedback. And in that way. So when I was pulling my myself out of like those situations, I would just run away from it. And going back to what you were saying, it's like, I'm not finishing this. This mm-hmm. is a project that I put my right. energy towards. Right. I'm right. here. Right. I've booked this place. I've got these people involved. My team right. is here. They're poking right. me. Right. And right. if I would find like, if I didn't see it, like me being successful in it, then it wasn't meant for me to invest in it. So part of my process mm-hmm. now is trying to visualize it being a successful thing before even going to that next stage of building it up and seeing where I'm going to invest my time. Right. Kind of that right. same that thing sense. of you're saying like, am I still excited about this the next day right. or have you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So creativity, and this, this might be a ball buster, right? This might be an early ball buster question. Okay. Do you think creativity is something that a person is born with, or do you think it's developed over, over time? I think, I think you're born with it. I do in, in your own specific way. Um, I just think we kind of allow society to uh, uh, take it away from us. You know what I mean? Um, just by the expectations and what we, what you're expected to do, you know, um, get up, go to work, take care of your family. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Watch TV, eat food, <laughs> like the basic like necessities of, you know, like the average day, you know, like that's what, um, I think is continuously and constantly fed to us, you know, as, as people. And, um, that drives out that creativity, you know, like that childhood, um, enjoyment that you have with just like, finding something small and make it into something. You know what I mean? You just Mm kind of get bogged down with um, life and expectations, you know, and it it really like drains that creative energy and those creative juices. I'm going to share something with you that I've never Mm -hmm. said on a podcast before. It's ridiculous. Okay. Back in the day. So like early nineties, head company, right? We used to go there, 
I, I love Transformers. So right. back in the day, we would get little bits and bobs, paper clips and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I would sit there and make my own Transformers out of these like different like pieces of like office materials, right? So right, right. in doing that, I, was, I, I wasn't told no. I wasn't told this is how you do. And I was really creative at that. I was basically doing like a version of sculpture or something and making right. like outsider art or something. Right. And to your point, as you get older, your imagination and your dogged pursuit of just existing kind yeah. of diminishes because yes. you're told is this is what you're supposed to do. I remember right. as a kid, I had delusions. I was going to be an astronaut doctor or something wild. <laughs> and, you know, as you, it's, it's that process of whittling yeah. you down into yeah. what you want to be. In. And I find that, and, and, and I want to hear your take on this. I find that uh, artists, depending on what their approach is, they don't really run into that that often mm-hmm. and in that same way or to the same degree. Right, right, right. Um, I, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I mean, I, I remember when I was a child, like I started drawing, you know, like that's how I started. I used to draw and sketch all the time and um, never, I, I never painted, you know, I, I, I didn't start painting until I was about 20, uh, 26, 25 or 26. But when I was younger, I used to always draw and sketch. And, um, you know, I was really into it. Like I was doing it all the time, like very consistent with it. And then just like my family and my community, it just wasn't conducive to like investing in the idea of like creatively doing something, you know what I mean? Or like taking art seriously. Like you can't get a job as an artist, you know what I mean? Like you can't, you can't make any money. Like, and that's what it all, like, that's all we think about. Like at that time is like, you can't make money doing that. You know what I mean? And um, you kind of, like you said, it kind of dwindles and the imagination just becomes non-existent. Um, you know, but I, I also remember as a kid, I used to like always have an imagination. I would watch movies and I would act the movies out and I would like create costumes to go along with whatever they were wearing. Yeah. I remember like when I was young, I used to, I made this football helmet out of um, a bicycle helmet. Oh. And a clothes and clothes hangers. I was using those as a face mask, and yeah. I mean, running around the house playing football <laughs> with makeshift like shoulder pads and having a blast. You know what yeah. I mean? And really enjoying myself. But um, over time, those things just get beat out of you. Yeah, I remember like my brother and I. We we were um, we were kind of these kids that had like my dad would get any action movie on VHS, and that's what the mm-hmm. weekend was. So right, right. we would just be watching those. And I remember we saw a movie. And we needed, we wanted to get to get that clout, that early nineties mm-hmm. clout. Yeah, we saw this. I ain't see this yet. Out of town, <laughs> middle or whatever, right? And uh, what, what was the thing? It was this movie Guyver that came out in the early nineties. And okay. you know, the the, tr- the the cover looks really dope. It's like a dude mm-hmm. in like a metal suit and all of this stuff. And people were like, yeah, man, we heard about that. We heard about that. My brother and I, we we're improvising back and forth, just lying like we saw it. We're just telling a story that did not happen. It's like, yeah, based on the trailer, based on the cover, just making it up. And I'm like, yo, our imagination was wild. Me at 36 trying to do that same thing is done. It's just right. like, yo, how am I going to lie and make it convincing? It's done. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's ridiculous. So at that early that early age when you you were you were drawing and doing other things, making these uh these these would-be football helmets and such. Mm-hmm. Um it, it, was that around the time you realized you had some creative talent or was that later? No, I always knew that about myself. 
Mm-hmm. I was always interested in like creative endeavors. You know what I mean? In various different like in, in different categories, though. You know, I, I was doing music for a bit. I, I'm not a musician, but I was managing and recording artists as a teenager, early teen, and um, uh, my into my early twenties. You know, I was doing that for a while, and um, I'm, I'm sorry, late teen, uh, early twenties. I was doing that. And, um, you know, always involved in some sort of like artistic endeavor, you know, like that was never something that I shied away from, but my intention behind what I was doing was always monetarily. So it kind of like made me, it, it gave me like this weird relationship with art, you know, whatever art was, it was about earning and making a living, which I'm not saying that's a bad thing, True. but because of that, it forced me to like, look elsewhere other than within myself to figure out that I was the vessel for my own future as a creative myself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It took me time to figure that out. But, um, yeah, I've always been into the arts in some form of fashion. I just, um, my relationship tool was like, okay, I got to make a lifestyle. I got to make a living out of it. That was the only thing that I was thinking about. Yeah. I I've always kind of been around it my, myself as well. Um, just whether it be, you know, one of those kids that I'm hurrying up, getting that B on a test so I can draw X-Men <laughs> or, or whatever and getting into so much trouble yeah, and yeah, yeah. just like regularly just doing just different things. You know, there might be a two or three mixtapes from like City College out there. I'm not letting anybody hear those. <laughs> they were not good. There's a lot of Macbeth raps. I, I It's like you can't talk about selling krills <laughs> while having iamic pentameter can't be that dude you can't you know like doing like spoken word it doesn't work it doesn't work uh it's like you can't be I a nerd and a trap wasn't even like really cool though yeah do you remember that good when uh spoken word wasn't really like the thing to do or like oh cool yeah yeah, I do. I, I, look, it's 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 waves. It's like you get yeah. Love Jones, and then you get that period of ain't nobody rocking with it, and then right. suddenly it comes back with crunchy granola and locks. Yeah. That's right. that's what it is. Absolutely. Everyone's drinking rose, not Moscato, because it's right, a different vibe. Right, right, right. Hell yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, so. Got a few more questions here. Then I got the one I didn't send you, the, the ball buster one, uh, the actual gotcha. one. Uh, so ultimately y- your work is, it-, it has a personal inclination with it. So mm-hmm. w- what do you hope people would take away from seeing your work? Uh, truth more than anything. Um, again, like I'm focused on like the Monday, the everyday, you know, so I'm not, it's not that I'm not advocating for like um, people from my community and our culture that, uh, are like on television and really like put on a platform. You know what I mean? It's nothing wrong with that, but I'm surrounded by people that just go to work and live day, their day to day, like on a normal level, whatever normal looks like to most people, you know, and those are the people that I big up and want to continue to uh, elevate to that level, you know, because those, we are the majority, you know what I mean? And I feel like if we're going to have, confidence within ourselves and continue to grow and and mature as a people we have to learn to appreciate and love like where we at now and and what we're doing you know and and it's good enough you know so i want to acknowledge um again my truth and the truth of my family and my friends uh, my cohorts and um 
again, put that on a level and put that on a pedestal too, because it's just as important and, and um, it's uh, it's worthy to be praised as well. It, it's something extraordinary in the ordinary. And Absolutely. People Absolutely. miss that all the time. We're going for yeah. this top tier. If you're not this, then it's not worthy of attention. And to your point, right. most people, like you start doing the numbers, let's just look at something Absolutely. that is, you know, people always are chasing the dollar, right? Monetary right. something, right? So you start looking at people who are making what over 500,000, which mm-hmm. is not a millionaire over 500,000. Right. That's not, right. that's a like a nothing percentage. So right. 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 people who are living more of a, a regular monastic life or what have you, it's fine. Let right. these people celebrate those regular people because they're making up everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, re- and, I remember, and, and. I remember, um, when Watch the Throne came out 10 years ago mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. maybe 11 at this point, but I think it was 10 years ago. And I remember some of the early takes because I remember things. I remember how people switch it around after uh-huh. when it's like, oh, it's cool now to like this. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I remember like people like, I don't know what he talked about all this art. This, this, is, this is for rich dudes. <laughs> yeah, 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 and yeah, I remember yeah. that. And, yeah. and it's funny because it's like, it's essentially saying that they're out of touch because right. of their, the lifestyle or what have you that they're presenting. Right. And, but people don't talk about how it's cool just to be a regular dude. Absolutely. Yet we don't celebrate Absolutely. that in that way. Yeah. You know what trips me out though? When I listen to like music, right? And um, it, it, it always, man, it's so funny. So when you think about like the average rapper, right? Yeah. And you think about their lifestyle before even if they do, okay, let's say, hypothetically speaking, you got a rapper and he actually blows, right? Yeah. So before he blew, when he was just a rapper and everybody knew who the person was, they, to their community or whatever, they portrayed themselves to be, they had money yeah. or whatever, all right? They were never broke. Yeah. Then when they get to the point where they blow, mm-hmm. somehow, mm-hmm. some way, they came through the trenches in the mud and they were broken all of that before. Like, why doesn't anybody ever just want to accept and be what it is when you're there and just allow that to be good enough? You and know it, what I mean? <laughs> it, it, it goes to it goes back to their previous thing of I saw question that artistry there a little bit because it's like you're not able to adapt to what your current right. situations are and make your right. art a pr- projection of that. That's big. That's big right there. That's big. It, that it's wild. Like you're like hmm. You've been rapping about selling drugs for a long time, sir. Right. Where are we at now? It's a lot of designer. (laughs) Absolutely. Or even if you, like, they just never, like, all right, if I know a rapper, right, and Mm -hmm. we are teenagers, and there's this facade that, okay, he's not broke, or she's not broke, you feel what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then when, when they actually get on, they were broke the whole time, according to their music. Like, yeah. what? What is that? Like, when when we were together hitting the clubs up, like you, you said you was good. Like, you buying bottles and all that. Do but I now, trust like, mixtape Laurel or do I t- trust trust album Laurel? Like, what do we got here? <laughs> exactly. Like, which one is which one is it? <laughs> I slid your I slid your rap name by the way on the low by the way. Yeah, yeah, I heard it. I heard it. It's like Buzz. I heard it. Uh, <laughs> so, so, um, so what's that? What was the last song you listened to? Um. The last song I listened to was his name is uh, Joao Gilberto. He's an, um, a Spanish artist, I think, musician. I'm sorry. Um, and the last, the song was titled The Woman from Empanada, Empamita, or something like that. 
Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, empanada yeah, yeah, would yeah. be delicious, by the way. Yes, not empanada, but <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, yeah I know what you're talking about. Um, I listen to a lot of different types of music, but uh, yeah, that's the last song I listened to today. So you think having that 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 broad uh, like palette when it comes mm-hmm. to music, do you think that that impacts on maybe how you present your your work? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, my paintings, even though they're centered around again like my life my family etc the approach to why i'm painting each painting is very different Mm. just like the music i listen to you know it really varies it's just specific to uh the story that i'm uh depicting or what i'm talking about you know what i mean like it it really varies but um at the end of the day it's centered around me and my family um for the most part i dig it now here's, here's here's the here's the last question let's go all right. Uh, <laughs> I got to think about what it is because people have been hitting me back. And it's like, yo, look, I got an allergy. It's like, damn. All right. Uh, <laughs> boom. So that's how you know it's about to be a black question. When you hit when you start off with boom. So yeah, boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's in your chicken box? Ooh, what's in See, my chicken that, box? That just knocked you back a little bit, right? That's like a straight yeah. jab. Ooh, I got blood. My, my blood pressure just skyrocketed asking, uh, listening to that. That's like a political definitely, question. Yeah, definitely. Um, as bad as it sounds, look, I, I can't go without having my salt and pepper, uh-huh. ketchup and hot sauce in my chicken box. Okay. Like, there's no other way to eat it. I'm sorry. I got that's, the ketchup. I got ketchup on my fries, and I got um, hot sauce on my fries, too. And I got hot sauce on my wings. Okay. And um, salt and pepper. Salt and pepper, baby. Uh, regular fries or Western fries? Definitely regular fries for me. Oh, man. We, yeah, we, we were on the same page till we got to the fries. Because <laughs> I, I love like, Western fries, but I'm more of a regular fry guy. Like I, The regular fries is just enough for me. Like, the Western, they, it's just too much sometimes, you know? Like, I, I don't need all that. I, I had to, there was a girl I was dating. I was from St. Louis. She was like, so how do you mm-hmm. eat chicken box? I was like, Baltimore, baby. And she's like, what does that even mean? I was like, there's hot sauce in there. She was like, why are you so aggressive? I was like, chicken box are political. I mean, you I, you can't eat a chicken box without hot sauce. Like, that's that's a no-brainer. Is it? So, <laughs> so I'm going to give you an opportunity to shamelessly plug your yourself, your projects, mm-hmm. um, your, your website, social media, all of that stuff. Hit it. Cool, cool. Um, so... Yeah, just stay tuned. I have a lot coming up. I really can't release too much information. A lot of the things that I do and involved in right now are kind of low key. Yeah. Um, but I do have a solo show opening in uh, Chicago in September. I'm sorry, that was my daughter. You she decided to make an outburst out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you good? <laughs> have a solo show opening in Chicago um, in September of this year. Uh, at my gallery, which will be, which is uh, Marion Ibrahim Gallery based mm-hmm. in Chicago. I think I already said that. Um, my website is jarellgibbs.com. Everything is jarellgibbs.com. Facebook, Instagram, website. Jarell is spelled J E two R's E two L's G I B B S. Um, and I think that's pretty much it. Like, I'm not, other than Facebook and Instagram, I mean, I'm really active on Facebook, but. I'm always on Instagram for the most part. Yeah. Um, I don't do Twitter anymore. I'm not on all of those other platforms. Yeah, I'm just real it? basic. Not TikTok in it. I ain't even cool enough to do nothing like that, to be honest with you. 
That sounded really old too. You're not TikToking in there. Nah, it did. <laughs> like that's not what it's called, sir. <laughs> so I want to again thank you for coming onto the podcast. This has been a this has been a treat. This has been like makes up for what I was telling you before we got started. So this has been fun. <laughs> it was nice getting to know Absolutely. more about you and your work, man. I appreciate it. I definitely enjoyed my time. So for the regular fry guy, unfortunately, <laughs> Jerome Gibbs, <laughs> yes, I'm sir. Rob Lee saying that there's art in and around Baltimore. You just got to look for it. Mm-hmm.